Welcome back to 101, joined now by Brian Hoke. Brian's a New York Yankees beer reporter for MLB.com. Brian is also the author of three books, including his most recent release, The Bronx Zoom, Inside the New York Yankees' Most Bizarre Season. Brian, thanks so much for joining us. Of course. Happy to be on with you guys. Thank you for having me. I want to start with this Yankee team right now. They've seemingly struggled to remain consistent throughout this whole season. They're in the midst of a four-game losing streak after getting swept by the Red Sox. What have you seen with this Yankee team that has led them to be so inconsistent? Oh, you said it right there. Consistently inconsistent. That's the one thing we could say about this Yankee team. And this is a team that was supposed to be a powerhouse. A lot of us picked them to win the American League East, to go deep into the postseason, potentially bring home a uh, 28th World Series championship. And to this point, just have not seen it. Um, you know, there are stretches where they seem to be putting it together. Their, their pitching carried them for a while, but really it's just, it hasn't seemed to sync up. And, um, you know, if it was April or May, you might be able to say it's early, but they're coming up on the all-star break here and they've spent um, almost 81 games spinning their wheels. So if they are to be the team that we thought they were going to be, they're going to have to pick it up in a big way uh, starting right now. And to double down on that consistency idea, something that I think is really interesting is that it's almost like individuals have had their moments, but the team's never clicked together. You know, you've had a run from Gary Sanchez. You have a run now from DJ LeMahieu. Why do you think it is that it's almost been like a group of individuals getting it going as opposed to one collective team clicking at the same time? Yeah, you're right. And, uh, you know, Aaron Judge has been one of their best offensive players wire to wire here, but he couldn't do it all by himself. And I, I think they've had so many outages in the lineup where, you know, if you look past like, the fifth and sixth spots in the lineup, it has just been a dead zone and they're not getting production. And it's really hard to keep the line moving when you've got so many guys slumping at the same time. So yeah, one or two guys get hot, but they can't carry the team all by themselves. They need to, to play as a unit. That's the way this, this sport moves. And, uh, you know, solo home runs are just not going to get it done at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, they got a couple last night, Gio Urshela hit one and John Carlos Stanton hit one. And guess what? They lost the game. So uh, you know, you, you got to get that traffic on the base fast. You got to get guys really putting together consistent at bats. And then, you know, once in a while you can play for that three run homer. Yeah. I, I think one of the most interesting things with this team has been like the sense of complacency that's been noted by fans and the media with maybe losing or just not showing up to the ballpark every day to play. Has that been something you've noticed being at every game this season, or is this team look like they're continually trying to reverse that narrative? I think they're trying. I think they're banging their heads against the wall, trying to do whatever. It's not a lack of effort. I don't see that. I, I think that there is frustration for sure. There's disappointment because as I said, this is not a team that was coming in to say, you know, give it the old college try and, you know, we'll see what happens. This is a team that was built to win a world series. Everybody was talking about championship caliber team and uh, you know, coming off the disappointment of last year where the Yankees, frankly, thought they should have played better and should not have lost the division to Tampa Bay. Uh, they, they really wanted to come back and make a statement. And thus far, you just haven't seen it. And, and I think that one of the most interesting things is, you know, we're all in the press conferences and we all hear it. And the beginning of the season, there was a lot about patience about the lineups going to get it going as the year goes along. But now you hear a much different dialect from someone like Aaron Boone who says the season's on the line now, you know, now the talk is cheap conversation. So like, where do you fall in that conversation about, you know, it's time to get it going. It's where it's almost too late versus it's patience. We're only a few games back. We've got a lot of the season left to play. Which side of that, that kind of mindset do you fall on when you look at the Yankees right now? Those press conferences have been tough because I feel like Boone has pushed every button he possibly can at this point. And yeah. other than the panic button. And, <laughs> and I mean, maybe by saying your season is on the line, maybe that is the panic button. And, 
if your season is on the line in June and they don't turn it around, I asked him a, a very variation of this question last night. It didn't work. You said your season's on the line and then your team went out and lost again. Now what do you do? What, what's left? Do you, do you go in and flip the buffet table and scream and yell at guys? And is that going to turn it around? I, I think you've got a team of 26 professional guys here who obviously want to succeed. <laughs> Nobody wants to go out and lose and, uh, and to play the way they've played, but it's just not clicking. And I, I wonder if it's a chemistry issue or what, is it the hangover effect from last year's strange year? I, I guess that could be part of it, but there's a lot of teams around the majors who are doing just fine. So uh, that tells me it's an internal problem with the Yankees and um, you know, something's not right and they've got to figure it out. Brian, would you say uh, the answer would be to go out and get another star, potentially a guy like Keita Marte or maybe a pitcher to add to that rotation? Or should the Yankees potentially be sellers at this deadline that is continually to approach? I'm not ready to say they're sellers yet. I mean, they are still two games above 500. they They're in this race. Uh, they're seven and a half back in the first place. Uh, they can get hot. I, I'm not ready to say the season is done. I think this team needs help though. It's a, it's a flawed roster and yeah, center fielder would be fantastic. You know, they were planning on Aaron Hicks being their guy. He was going to be their three hitter. They're, they're kind of rocking the lineup there and he, he was bad. And then he disappeared with injury and he's not coming back and uh, starting pitching. Uh, that was my big question mark coming into this year. I never thought the Yankees were going to struggle scoring runs the way they have. I, I thought they weren't going to be able to pitch enough and, you know, behind Garrett Cole, what was that rotation going to look like? And for a while, it looked all right. Corey Kluber threw a no-hitter, but he's not coming back for a while. Luis Severino was going to be their big trade deadline pickup, but that's been pushed back. So if I'm Brian Cashman, I need to go get a center fielder. I need a starting pitcher, and I need it right now. You just mentioned that rotation. So let's dive a little bit deeper into that because you're, you're exactly what I was going to mention there is that, you know, the beginning of the season, the rotation was carrying them and you saw a lot of good stuff from Kluber and Herman and obviously Cole, but like now the, the, the tables are kind of leveling out a little bit with guys like Tyone and obviously the Kluber injury and Herman kind of calming down a bit. So my question for you is when you get into the late season situation and you need wins and you hand these guys the ball and say, go out and get me a win. Are you confident they can do that? Confident in Garrett Cole, I think <laughs> other than that, um, you know, this is a team that I think is going to have to lean on their bullpen a lot if they're going to get where they need to go. Because, you know, for example, last night you get a start from Michael King and he was all right, but he didn't finish the fifth inning. And so you're going to have a lot of that and it's going to tire out this bullpen. You're going to get a lot of miles on, on that because you're going to have to get it from other places. And that's what we thought even coming into the year. If you look at that rotation, Corey Kluber, Jamison Tyone, Domingo Herman all combined for one inning in the major leagues last year. So you knew that there was going to be, even if they came out of the gates firing bullets, at some point they were going to taper off. And now Kluber may come back in September, they're saying. Uh, Herman seems to have cooled off, as you mentioned. And, and Tyone has been very inconsistent. So, yeah, the rotation actually has turned into what I thought it would be. And that's a problem for the Yankees because – they need, uh, they need somebody to eat up some innings, and so that's why I say Brian Cashman needs to go trade for a starting pitcher. You mentioned your confidence in Garrett Cole. Obviously, he did not look so great in his last start against the Red Sox, and he hasn't really looked great since the MLB has cracked down on the sticky substances. Is that something that should worry Yankee fans, or do you think this is something that he'll be able to move past? I think he's got the talent to move past it. I think he is still an elite pitcher in this league, but clearly he has lost a little something without uh, the artificial help here. And uh, look, it, it's, I almost say it's unfair because he has become such a focal point and the poster boy for this crackdown 
when I really believe 90% of the league was using something to, whether it was sunscreen or, you know, rosin or whatever it is uh, to, to get a little tack on it. And we're seeing it league wide that I think offense is going to come back. And I, I think that um, some of the things that were making these guys unhittable will now be gone. And you're going to start to see more singles and doubles and guys moving around the bases, which is good for baseball. That's the game that I grew up loving. Uh, you know, nobody, nobody said, Hey, I'm going to go to the ballpark and buy a ticket. Cause I want to see a bunch of strikeouts and walks. Like that, that was not what we, uh, what we all signed up for here. So I think for the game, this is going to wind up being a good thing for a guy like Garrett Cole. He's going to have to figure out another way to, to get some outs. And uh, yeah, that, that Fenway spanking he took, look, maybe the Red Sox are just a, a good team and they got him on a good day. Maybe it was a bad day at the office, but every time he has one of those, you're going to look at it and say, Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. And you talk about that Fenway smacking and something that was really interesting to me about Fenway was there was a full house. And I think one of the things yeah. about Yankee stadium has been so strange to me is even after the COVID capacity change, it's felt the same really. I mean, we've never really eclipsed 30,000. It hasn't really been a full house and maybe the subway series will change that, but what has been your impression of just the atmosphere, the game, the atmosphere that really hasn't been there. And I know a lot of people use that word fun. It almost looks like there isn't any fun being had again. Why do you think that is that just the fans aren't coming out as much as you might expect for the Yankees? Well, I think part of it is the on-field product. I, I think that, look, if the Yankees went on that tear that I'm talking about that they need to get on where they're winning eight out of 10 or something like that, and they get hot and they're, they look like they're having a good time, then people are going to want to come buy tickets. I think um, I certainly hope so, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, being up there at Fenway park, I was up there for that series. The place was packed three straight games and clearly there's excitement because it's the Yankees in town and they had a big celebration at Dustin Pedroia. There were, there were reasons to come out to Fenway, but that place felt alive. And I haven't quite felt that so far in Yankee stadium. The best experience I've had at Yankee stadium so far this year was the day the Astros came in. And that was a year. And that was a game where it was only about 10,000 in the stands, but it felt like 45 or 50. Like it was, it, that felt like baseball was back. And uh, I, that tells me that people want to come out and cheer. People want to be part of baseball, but they want to spend their money on a team that is worth it for the entertainment value. And, uh, nobody wants to come out, like I said, and watch the Yankees struggle. There's been a lot of talk among fans and potentially in the media, too, about where does Boone's job and where does Brian Cashman's job right now? Do you consider them potentially being on the hot seat? Yeah, I've been asked this a lot. And I, you know, people say, is Boone on a hot seat? And I say, he's on a warm seat. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that the Yankees have never made, in Brian Cashman's time, going back to 1998, they have never fired a manager in season. They've never fired a coach in season. Cashman said he has no intention of doing that now. So that tells me, I think they're going to get the rest of this year to figure it out. But look at the history of how the Yankees have parted with their managers. Joe Torre, contract expired, they let him go. Joe Girardi, contract expired, they let him go. Aaron Boone's contract is up after this year. So if they don't make the playoffs, I think that uh, that is definitely a real conversation they're going to have. Um, you look back at Boone, he won 100 games back-to-back -back years, first couple of years. I think the pandemic year, you have to kind of throw that out. But this year here, if, if they sense that he's not the guy to motivate and drive this team to the next level, then they might have to make that change. You, you talk about the playoffs. And the last thing I want to ask you about the season right now before we get into the book is a little bit about just the future outlook. When you talk about coming into the season, it was obviously a lot about World Series of Bust was really what a lot of people were saying. And now it's almost like making the playoffs might even be considered a win with the way things are going. So when you look at where we're at right now, has your expectations almost kind of downgraded a little bit to just the playoffs? Or are you still kind of keeping that, that outlook that this could still be the team that we all expected coming into this season? 
Well, look, you got to be in it to win it, right? That's step one is you got to get into the postseason to have any chance of winning the World Series. So that is the, the critical mission right now for this team. They have disappointed. They, I mean, there's no way around it. Now, can they catch fire in the second half and, and make and make this kind of a great comeback story? Sure, I guess. I mean, Boone said that yesterday. He said uh, baseball history is littered with teams that were in worse situations than we are right now. That's true. But, but baseball history more often than not is littered with teams that did not play very well and then did not make the playoffs. <laughs> like that is much more common than the miracle comeback story. And so with, look, it is in the Yankees hands. They can play better and they can win some games and, and make some noise. But this American league East is so tough with Boston, with Tampa Bay, with Toronto, which is not going anywhere. Um, you know, they're in fourth place right now. I don't think the Yankees are a fourth place team, but you know, as Bill Parcells used to say, you are what your record says you are. And right now that's where they are. Brian, Alex mentioned about your new book. I do want to get to that before we let you go. The name of the book, the Bronx zoom inside the New York Yankees, most bizarre season. I just want to know what drove you to write this book. Obviously it was a really weird year for a lot of people and a weird season for everyone in the MLB with no fans and only 60 games. But was there anything specifically that drove you to write this book? Yeah, uh, when baseball restarted in June, uh, in July, look, I was with the Yankees in spring training when things shut down and there was so much uncertainty and misinformation. We had no idea what was going on. They, the players came off the field March 12. They told us uh, it's the opening day will be delayed by at least two weeks. And so I figured out oh, two weeks. That's not so bad. And then you fast forward and it's July 23rd. And now you're finally getting the season started. And, you know, probably in that first week where if you remember the Yankees were in a series, obviously COVID is raging. We don't have a vaccine at that time. Um, things are bad everywhere. New York city is the epicenter beginning coming into this. And, um, the Yankees have a series in Philadelphia where it's three beautiful days, sunny, 95 degrees, and they essentially get rained out for oh, three straight days because the Phillies had a COVID exposure with the Marlins who had 18 positive tests in their clubhouse. And I remember thinking, man, if they can pull this season off, this is a miracle. Like the fact that what an achievement, even being 60 games, even no fans in the stands, if they can find a way to do this. And I thought that, look, I was with the Yankees every step of the way. Um, it's a Yankee book but it's a baseball book, but it's also a book about 2020 and all the things we went through in that season. And I was amazed at how much more than any other year I've been on the beat. I've been on the beat since 2007, real life and baseball intersected in 2020. You were dealing with a pandemic. You were dealing with Black Lives Matter and the social justice movement. You were dealing with the presidential election of Trump versus Biden that everybody had an opinion on and nobody could look away from. And it all kept batting up against baseball and the Yankees. And it was just, wow, I can't believe how that much this keeps overlapping. And I thought there was a book there. And I, I wanted to tell the story of, uh, you know, how these human beings, not just the athletes, but a human story of how we all got through 2020. We all lived it together. Uh, we all have our story of the pandemic, but this is the Yankee story of it. Yeah, I, I think that's awesome. And, and one thing I wanted to ask you about across your books, and you've written multiple of them now, is, you know, you talk about Mission 27, and that was kind of about that final season for the core four, another group of just individuals that had such a terrific accomplishment. And then you talk about, you know, the baby bombers and the book that you wrote kind of previewing what was ahead for this Yankee team. And now you look at where we are in 2020 and that team hasn't necessarily broken through yet. I'm just curious for you, you know, you mentioned you're on the beat since 2007, how this team kind of compares to some of the other ones that you've written about and you've watched over the years and the 2020 season as a part of it. What's really unique about this team, maybe either why they are where they are or, or who they are, who they are. And just what's, what do you think is special about it? About the 2021 team? The yeah, specifically. Team sure. That yeah. we're watching. Um, 
I think there's a lot of star power on this team. And that's one thing that the Yankees have always had is star power. You know, people care when the Yankees come into town, traveling with the Oh nine Yankees. It was like being with the Beatles, like because Jeter and A-Rod and Posada and, and Andy Pettit and Mariano Rivera, you would go to a, a, a city, we'd go to Minneapolis or Boston or whatever, and there would be people packed 20 deep outside the hotel. It was like a rock band was coming to, to town. And I'm not sure the Yankees have that level here, but you've certainly got recognizable players with Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton and, you know, to, to a certain extent, DJ LeMayhew. I mean, you Garrett Cole, of course. And you've got some of the biggest names in the game. And I think that's the parallel is the Yankees are built around stars. They, they're always recognizable. The brand is always there. Uh, but this year in particular, just the on-field performance has not matched up to what we all expected. And look, if you take the uniform away and, and the city away and you say this is the Kansas City Royals and they're two games over 500, they'd be thrilled. The Pirates, they'd be thrilled. They, the D-backs for sure would be thrilled with that performance. But these are the New York Yankees. We expect more out of them. And the spotlight burns brighter in New York. There's just no, no getting around that. Yankees beat reporter for MLB.com. You can catch him on Twitter at Brian Hope. Be sure to check out his book, The Bronx Zoom, which is out now. Brian, pleasure to have you on the show. I appreciate you taking out your time of the day. You got it, guys. Anytime. Thank you for having me.